but I was delighted. I, yeah. I thought I'd made it. I thought, I'm a copywriter. I can get a job anywhere. And that's not true. Hello, intelligent beings of this marvelous planet. Copywriting. It's our new course launched today. Super excited for this. To celebrate, we are honored to have one of the course thought leaders with us, Vicki Ross. She's a copywriting queen. Here's 42 Courses founder Chris Rawlinson to do the big, big up. Welcome, Vicky. So ridiculously amazingly wonderful to have you here and be chatting to you. Um, uh, Vicky, for those who don't know, just very quickly, um, is possibly the world's best uh, copywriter. Um, and <laughs> she's shaking her head, but it's a lie. It's, uh, she's amazing. Um, and uh, has written for some of the world's biggest brands, um, has been voted by Campaign as uh, one of the top 30 creatives uh, in the world. Uh, so yeah, um, I'll be your hype person any day, Vicky. Uh, welcome. <laughs> so lovely to have you. Thank you so much. You're a lovely hype person. Um, I was shaking my head because I am absolutely not, and I'm not being bashful <laughs> or modest or humble. I'm absolutely not the best copywriter. I will own the fact that I am a really good copywriter, but I'm definitely not the best. Um, there are tons of people that I look up to or look across to that are incredible. Um, but anyway, I, I love the job and support all copywriters <laughs> skills and um, the reason why I thought it'd be great to chat to, to Vicky today is not only because she's obviously brilliant as I've just said but also um, Vicky's been helping us with our most recent course that's by the time you listen to this will probably have been launched um, on copywriting um, so again thank you so much for that um, but um how did you get into this? So what, what was your, did you sort of grow up just reading a million books and thinking, gosh, I'd love to get into this one day? Yeah, I mean, I think like everybody who becomes a copywriter, they didn't know what one was um, when <laughs> they were wondering about what they would be when they grew up. So I loved reading and writing. Um, and as I got older, I loved magazines and adverts in magazines. I'm not sure I knew the difference between the editorial and the advertising. So I thought I wanted to be a journalist, um, which I absolutely didn't want to be in hindsight. I hate writing long copy and editorial features. It's just not my forte. I'm like a, a, I'm a headline kind of gal, um, not nothing more really. Um, so you just have to keep sort of finding your way until you work out what it is that it that, um, is for you. Um, so with that in mind, I did go to college and take media studies and graphic design as A-levels. Um, I failed. I never wanted to go to university, so I didn't explore any kind of advertising and marketing courses anyway. And I didn't know that ad school existed. So I, uh, I just went and got a job as a receptionist um, in a serviced office block just to earn money um, and sort of work things out as I went along. And... By accident, I ended up in a PR agency. Uh, well, I say accident, I got sacked from being a receptionist because it, <laughs> it wasn't the thing I wanted to do. Um, and so I called my friend, uh, she was a office assistant at a PR agency and I, she was off sick and I spoke to her boss 
um, and she said, oh, why don't you come in and help us out on a Michael Jackson album launch party for a month? Yes. Um, and I was, yeah, that was cool. And I went to the party. That was cool. Um, and while I was there, I learned that her husband owned a tiny direct marketing agency, which doesn't even exist anymore. And when I'd finished with her, she sent me over to him. They were next door to each other. Um, and I just answered the phones and did office admin stuff. And while I was there, I could see that the creative director was writing things that looked like adverts that went in magazines. So suddenly right. things were connecting for me. I later obviously learned that direct marketing was slightly different. He was writing reader offers, but to me, they looked like adverts. Yeah. Um, and so I, this sounds cocky, but I knew I could write. I didn't yeah. know I could write an advert, but I knew I could write. So I asked if I could try writing something. And, you know, they found it funny because they were like, you've got no experience. Um, but because you could measure responses, they let me write one and they saw that the responses came back high. Um, and as far as I was concerned, I'd written an advert in the national press, albeit a reader offer for a mini dishwasher in camping and caravanning <laughs> magazine. <laughs> but I was delighted. Yeah. I, I thought I'd made it. And um, I guess the rest is history, as they say. There is a bit more of like, I had a really bad car crash so I, and I did this whole life short so I quit the job and I went traveling and when I came back I thought I'm a copywriter I can get a job anywhere um, and that's not true. Um, yeah. Agents have never heard of me or the agency I've worked at. Direct marketing is often frowned upon it's not sexy advertising so I had to go back a little bit and I got a job as a um, PA to the product director at the body shop so I went in-house effectively and was back doing admin stuff and after a couple of months of getting all her diary scheduling wrong she was like what is it that you want to do because this clearly isn't it and I said I want to write so she gave me something that the creative studio had written that she wasn't keen on and I rewrote it she moved me straight over <laughs> so yeah again there's some more ins and outs I've yeah. made it like it's long so I've made it short and quick but that's the gist that's how I got into copywriting but I I love it that there are there it's, I, I relate in that I never went to university either and ended up sort of finding my way into advertising totally randomly and I guess it's kind of the same you know that it seems that there are some incredible people out there who often find kind of misfits and then say hey have you thought of this <laughs> and I, I don't know why it hasn't already gone through people's brains but I mean that's thank god those kind of people exist um this may be a really stupid question but I mean, what's the kind of difference between a copywriter and a and a writer? I mean, is there a difference or is it is it just sorry, I mean, I, I don't know whether that's a silly question. I just in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, they they both kind of write things. Is one more long form and one's less, or I don't know. Well, it depends what you mean by writer, because obviously yeah. there are tons of different types of writers, but a copywriter's objective is to sell a product for okay. their their client or their uh, where they yeah where they work I'm just thinking if it's like mm. an independent person or an agent person um but yeah the the main I think copywriting began to sell products um so there's a persuasion element in there and an effectiveness element in there whereas a writer of fiction for example yeah. doesn't have to sell anything just has to take somebody on a wonderful journey into a whole other world and that can be done very differently 
you could argue copywriting takes people into different worlds depending on the style and the nature and the brand and the product mm. um but it has to create some kind of reaction at the end of it and isn't because i guess and they're, they're, they're not necessarily independent as though I, I know there are lots of very famous authors who started out in advertising um and and got that's how they where they, they cut their teeth in the world i guess and then um, ended up going up going off into yeah. writing so I guess you can and transition still, between the two quite well. Yeah, definitely. And still now, there are so many copywriters I know who are writing novels or copywriting books on the side, or the goal is to be an author, not a copywriter. Yeah. I've never wanted to write. I know people say everyone has a book in them. I, I do not have a book in me. I have <laughs> a chapter or two, which I've contributed to other people's books, but I don't have a book in me. Like I said before, I, I don't even really like writing long copy, let alone. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you so you went from you went from the my Ryan saying you went from the body shop and then you went to Sky. Was there somewhere in, in between? Because it seems like yeah, you... so I did a little bit. I did one thing in between. So I was at the body shop for eight years. I never thought I would leave. I loved it so much. I mean, you know, I met Anita Roddick, who was way ahead of her time. Um, And I worked in the creative studio in the end, once I got to the right place. And um, it was 100, 150 people. I know that agency people turn their noses up at in-house creative studios, but it worked like an agency. Um, the marketing teams were our clients. We pitched, we presented, we got briefs. Um, and uh, it was all very, very, very similar. Um, then L'Oreal bought the body shop and fucked it. And I hated it and couldn't stay there any longer. I didn't believe in anything that they, well, they just ripped apart what the body shop stood for, mm. which was an incredible brand. So I had to leave um, because I was really miserable and I decided I would do something completely different. And I got offered a um, senior copywriter role at Virgin Media covering uh, maternity leave of the senior copywriter there. So I continued to stay in-house, but writing about broadband and TV Mm. (laughs) rather than body lotions and makeup. So very different. Virgin Media's got an amazing tone of voice and they stay true to it in everything that they do. So that was really great to go there. But while I was there, I was approached about a job, um, a head of copy job at Sky, um, because they were rebranding for the first time since they'd launched and had heard that, I was told they'd heard that Virgin Media had a new copywriter and they thought they needed to bring a copywriter. I don't know if that was true. I shouldn't have said that should I um anyway uh Sky bigger fish than Virgin Media I was very excited by it I I mean I had to go through seven interviews um but each interview just made me think I love this place give me the job and I did actually say to the last person who interviewed me who was the MD at the time um do I have the job now like you know seven (laughs) interviews later how much more do I have to do um and I went there and oh my god what a brand what a company what uh what product I mean I love tv so um, (laughs) it was a no-brainer really um I was there for two years uh co-created their tone of voice with their branding agency Venture 3 educated the business and all their agencies on it and then got to a point where I was just in more meetings than I was doing any writing and I love writing 
And so I reluctantly, very reluctantly handed in my notice and for the first time considered going freelance because I didn't know what else to do. It just mm -hmm. appeared to me that as you get more senior in a creative position, it's less creative. Um, and that's great mm -hmm. for lots of people, but it just it's not for me. Um, they didn't want me to have my notice in just as much as I didn't want to do it. So they asked if they could be my first freelance client. And I said, yes. And at the time they were launching Now TV. So I worked on that too. Um, and so it didn't really feel like I'd left, but I was writing loads more. So it was brilliant. And I've been looking after their tone of voice and working as a copy consultant for them for 11 years now. Mm. Um, it seems that none, none of us want to let each other go, which is, I feel very lucky um, because I love writing for them. But in that time, I have done lots of other things. So um, after about six months of freelancing, even though I had so much secure work, I couldn't get my head around not working five days a week every week, not having a paycheck at the end of every month. You know, I'd never seen myself going freelance. So I hadn't prepared for this at all. And I freaked out. And at the time I was freaking out, I was offered the head of copy job at Expedia and I love to travel and I couldn't turn it down. So I went there and as much as I enjoyed it, I knew it wasn't right because I was back in meetings and not writing. Yeah. And so I left and carried on my brilliant relationship with Sky and have worked with other brilliant brands ever since. So at the moment I'm working with FIFA and Twitter wow. and wow. recently was working with Spotify. I've got wow. a relationship with Sony Music Entertainment. So yeah, I'm having a great time. Yeah, it's incredible. How do you, I mean, that must be an art in itself within copywriting is figuring out the tone of a brand. And I mean, where, where do you even start? Um, I guess getting to know where the brand has come from, what it wants to stand for and where it wants to go and what its audience expects of it is the combination of things I think mm. that all pull together to create what the brand looks and feels like. And when you know all of those things for definite, it's actually really easy to just keep building on that brand identity and tone of voice. Um, I find it really frustrating when brands sort of lose their confidence and therefore their consistency, because it's so important to be recognized and familiar um, for who mm. you are, especially these, well, I was gonna say, especially the bigger brands, but smaller brands too. I think smaller mm. brands maybe lack the confidence because they're just starting and they think they need to do more and more quickly um, and just be noticed for anything rather than for something. Someone um, posted on LinkedIn recently um, some takeouts from a book they'd read. And one of the things that's really stuck with me was the, the phrase brand early, not often. And I thought that was so important. Like establish your brand at the beginning and then leave it alone. <laughs> Don't keep rebranding, which so many people do, so many brands do, because the brand team either changes and, and the new people come in and think we need to change this and refresh it or they get bored of what everything looks and feels like. But that's because they look at it all day, every day. Their audience does not. So they yeah. are, the audience is not bored of it. Um, so yeah, I, I know that in meetings, I see lots of clients rolling their eyes because I am like nicknamed the brand police, but that's my job. I've got to keep you true to your brand. So if you say we're going to be really wacky today and that's not your style, I'm going to tell you that's not your style. 
<laughs> yeah, so I I think I'm I'm guilty at that. I think we've gone through 42 courses. We've gone through three Legos so far. We've only been in existence for five years. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to tell you off. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the, the first, first we had like kind of, uh, it was like a, a ninja person with like a mortarboard learning hat. And then we're like, oh, I don't know, maybe that's just a bit too childish. And then the second one was an owl, and it never really quite fit in. It was also a bit kind of cliched. And then um, we were doing a new website design. And the, I mean, the new website's still been rolled out sort of over the year. There's so much stuff we've got to change to get it right. So the, I think actually some of that's coming out later this month. So very happy about it. But when we were doing the website rebuild, someone put down just randomly a, a look of a kind of a logo that they weren't they didn't mean it necessarily to be our logo and I was like oh I really like that so that's why we've got this sort of weird blob now <laughs> and uh people tell me it looks a little bit like Apple so I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about that as though I'm not um I'm happy about that <laughs> like it's what a, what a nice compliment <laughs> it does um, look a little bit like Apple but for what it's worth I really like the tone of voice across the site because I think we in the advertising industry are in an exciting industry. And so why make education about the industry formal and corporate and dry yeah. and straight? Like, why not be excited about the yeah. possibilities that we can all um, work with? And I get that energy from your site. And I think that encourages motivation to learn rather than people thinking they've got to trudge through a load of boring information so keep your tone of voice yeah thanks so much no we, we will I think I think it's kind of um it, it was why I started the company I just thought that advertising education in particular particularly well, just any kind of e-learning really was just so boring and so serious and felt like a drudge to go through it so we wanted to try and change it but anyway sorry not about me this is about you <laughs> so you um, chat I think people would be interested in what you say too yeah what do you what are um I mean I'll get back to the writing thing you've done you, you you're obviously a very um you know, you're a very outgoing sharing person as well you've done a lot you write a lot of incredible articles that that help and I think um and most of them published on LinkedIn if I remember rightly um yeah. so look up Vicky's LinkedIn profile we'll put a link to it after this um, but you've also started a few amazing events um, that I think some have been on pause and I'd love to actually help you get some of them back up again. Um, but there was, yeah, Copywriters Unite and Copy Safari were, were sort of maybe have been the, the, the two. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Because they're incredible. Oh, thank you. And yes, sure. So Copywriters Unite started as a hashtag on Twitter when I first went freelance and I realised I didn't have anyone to talk to about, you know, sometimes copywriters just like to talk about where a comma should go or what words they like. And um, it grew into this big global community of copywriters who now use the hashtag for anything like talking about what biscuit they like eating when they're writing or what music they're listening to to sharing jobs to partnering with people write sharing articles um and then this um real life event which i was um apprehensive about 
arranging at first because I thought, you know, intro, introvert creatives were all just happily sitting behind our screen, tweeting each other with the hashtag and, and that's all, as far as it will go. But people started um, saying that well, we should all meet up. I think because it, it's brought together real friendships mm-hmm. Um, so people wanted to meet and I thought no 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 I, I, this is not for me I can't arrange something like that and I can't handle the pressure of no one turning up and if they do turn up are they going to have a good time so I shied away for a while and my friend and copywriter um, Andy Maslin said can I arrange a copywriters meetup?" and I said yeah because then it's all on you <laughs> um, <laughs> And he did arrange it and we called it a Copywriters Unite Night and only five of us turned up. So I thought, ah, see, I knew no one wanted to come. But we had such a great time because we were just, you know, immediately you've got something in common. So it's easy to meet a stranger and just start a conversation from nowhere. Uh, And then it evolves into, you know, um, other things. Anyway, I I can't remember why, I think because people were concerned that they'd missed something that was so good, even though it was so tiny. I organized the next one for, I think, just a month or so later, and about 30 people turned up. Nice. And then it just kept going. I mean, I think there was one event where we had about 80 people. Um, So basically, I call it an event. It's not an event. It's it's drinks in a pub. I I specifically made it agenda-free. There's no... There's, no one's going to sell to you. You don't have to buy tickets. You don't have to listen to a talk. It is just as the hashtag was intended to bring copywriters together. Mm. Um, I host, well, before the pandemic, I was hosting four a year in London and it's grown to me having hosts around the world um, doing the same thing in, I mean, everywhere across Europe. Oh, someone did one in Australia. America is slowly starting some. And now we're, I was going to say now we're back after the pandemic obviously it's all very tentative but there's been three nights so far this year and everyone loves it and it's great so that's Copywriters Unite um Copy Safari is me taking our industry friends um to look at words in the wild because I think when we are all in offices and agencies we forget the context of where our work is seen and how it's Mm -hmm. seen and we look at it on the screen and we don't see what it looks like in a window or on TV, you know, when we're looking at a t- what an ad that's going to go on a TV screen or a cinema screen, I know you can't go into the cinema and check it, but looking at it on a phone, for example, that's no respect to the work. So um, I started doing that a couple of years ago and tweeting as I went and people join in. It's People really like it. And I think things like that and Copywriters Unite, when so many people join in, you, you, you realise that it's something that's missing and that yeah. people actually want it. And then finally, you didn't um, say it, but I know that you were alluding to it, is Copy, uh, well, Copy Cabana, my event started as, yeah, and then evolved into Copy Capital. It was Copy Cabana on the beach in Bournemouth. Then it became Copy Capital in London. I think if we were to do it in Cannes, as we've been talking about, it would have to be Copy Cabana again. But that was a conference, but I don't like the word conference because it sounds dry and boring mm-hmm. and uh, copywriters come to Copy Cabana and Copy Capital to celebrate and be excited by copywriters and copywriting. So it was an event, 12 speakers, three years in a row, two to 300 attendees, sold out every year. Just, I loved it. It was, it was Andy again, did it with me and we put on an event that we would want to go to um, mm-hmm. with speakers who we wish that we could be or have the jobs of. So 
legends like Steve Harrison, who's obviously leading our copywriting course with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, Drayton Bird and Faye Weldon. And um, then industry leaders like Joe Wallace, Scott Morrison, um, James Cross at BBC Creative and uh, uh, copy comms leads from brands that we wish we wrote for, like ones with really great copy and tone of voice like Ben and Jerry's and Innocent and Virgin Holidays. So yeah, great. I mean, I'm just so excited by it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they don't exist anymore because Andy and I aren't event organizers, we're writers. And it's, it's such a lot of work, it's so hard to do. Um, and we just need someone else to do it for us. I strongly believe it should still exist. I wish mm. it did. I just can't do it myself. Well, well, 100% I want to help with that. So we'll figure something out. <laughs> so, okay. we'll we'll I'll try and bribe Karen to help as well. But if they don't, I'll, we'll just do it. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, 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 I don't know how much time we've got left, to be honest. But um, I mean, I guess I had a few more things down here um any uh and these are a bit more maybe a bit more random put down uh any writing tips <laughs> like it's quite that's pretty generic <laughs> uh, yes i've got lots of writing tips <laughs> uh, so being asked so broadly let's see what i can come up with um i think the first thing is just to write um write anything and you'll eventually get to a place where you've written something um, read, read so much, doesn't matter what it is, doesn't have to be a copywriting book or a highbrow intellectual book, it can be some trashy fiction or the pizza menu or the leaflet in the doctor's surgery, it could be anything, but you cannot get words out if you don't put words in. It's so much easier to write when you've read something. Um, I can really tell the difference when I haven't read for a while. It's just like, what are words again? I do know <laughs> stuff, I'm sure. Um, if you want to write for a brand and you can't quite get their tone of voice right, copy out what they've already written and then it feels like you already write for them. Then you just carry on naturally because you got into their zone. Um, copywriting is most often a conversation with the consumer. So talk one-to-one, -one, use language that you'd really use, don't get all caught up in marketing jargon and technical terms. Yeah. Think of what's in it for the reader, not what's in it for you. What do they want to know, not what do you want to tell them? Uh, what else can I tell <laughs> you? Can you can take the course. <laughs> take the, the oh my God, I'm such a bad promoter, aren't I? <laughs> copywriting course. Um, I'm just going to say, actually, I went through, you know this, but for the listeners, yeah. I went through almost the final version of the course last night and I couldn't get to sleep because I was just so excited by it I was only going to have a quick look but I think I just can't stop looking at it it's so <laughs> exciting um it's so great I mean Steve's great obviously yeah. so everyone pretty much is getting a direct copywriting lesson from Steve Harrison but also there's so many great contributions in there mm. from um in my industry friends and copy experts so I think anyone that buys the course and does it is going to love it you can't not love it <laughs> no, thank you I'm, I'm really excited about it too I think the, yeah there are some so many interesting people from all over the place uh, so you've got you've got riders from all over the world contributing in some of the videos as well and we found some quite interesting case studies young and old so I think you've got yeah, the newest one is probably from 2021, like can lines, and then the oldest one 
uh, I, I think there's like some stuff in there from probably the the 40s or 50s like there's some really old ones in there um, yeah I love it it's a nice mix um I mean where where to next for you I mean is is there a your um your your you know you know you don't want an office job so it's that's always a hard one so if, you go, if you go back to work for a big brand I guess you're always going to be in uh, uh in meetings again um so is it just sort of freelance and uh, and then um you know retire on a yacht uh, sometime later <laughs> that would be really nice um I've grown up since I first went freelance and my responsibilities have kind of evolved more senior I suppose I consult with leadership teams and um am in lots of meetings again and I'm really enjoying it so I guess never say never to anything. Um, everything changes and, and we change. And uh, I guess it depends on the brand and the job. I love what I do so much. I wonder if I do want to get back into doing it for just one brand and really nurturing and protecting that tone of voice from within. Um, but equally, I have such great clients and such great gigs. Like my work with Spotify, when that ended, I was genuinely upset. They were such a nice team to spend time with over six weeks. Um, so yeah, I guess the short answer is I don't know. I'm open to, I'm always open to anything and I always have been open to anything pretty much. And then um, I think wherever you, whatever, I'm really rambling and waffling. I'm so, I always say this, I'm a much better writer than I am speaker. I think no, when you're open to opportunities, opportunities you hadn't considered come your way and yeah. could be good. So uh, yeah, I, I don't have a, a plan. I just see what happens and enjoy what I'm doing as I do it. And the best way to get in touch with you is? Um, my email address I'm so old-fashioned um, <laughs> Vicky Ross writes at mail.com but I am on LinkedIn and I am on Twitter um, Vicky Ross writes on Twitter uh, yeah I'll and um, the, the thing that's still in my head from the beginning of our conversation is did you get to meet Michael Jackson then <laughs> <laughs> no um, he he wasn't at his album launch party <laughs> so he's um, too cool for that <laughs> well yeah um I wasn't a huge fan of Michael Jackson <laughs> allowed to say that but weirdly in my career I have been to places I never thought I would go and done things I never thought I would do and met people I never thought I would meet I thought copywriters just sat at their desk and hid behind their screen and no one spoke to them or gave them any attention but I've traveled around the world. I've been on shoots in amazing places. I've met celebrities and royalty and been to parties and premieres. And oh my God, copywriting is the best job. <laughs> and fa famous celebrity or, uh, or yeah, that you've met so far? Probably my biggest one is I went to Kensington Palace three years ago and met Harry and Meghan about writing their website. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did, your face <laughs> did, did you write their website no <laughs> so, okay <laughs> that's why it's not so good <laughs> uh, well I think it all worked out for the best but um they uh, I'm not interested in the royal family but um so I didn't really know much about him he was one of the nicest men absolutely lovely I had watched Suits religiously so I was a fan <laughs> of hers yeah. and was delighted to be sat next to her 
banging on about I mean I think in my nervousness I took credit for the whole of the body shops outfits <laughs> um, she said oh I love what the body shop does and stands for and I said thank you yes yeah um, no she was lovely she poured me a glass of water and oh mm. my god it was the most surreal day um and and lead up to it was all surreal as well with all the security protocols and dress codes and etiquette emails uh well yeah i'll leave it there i could reel off lots of celebrities um we're working at sky you see lots hanging around which is yeah. cool yeah and uh, i know i've heard good things about sky they um, sound like they're lovely i must say that for such a big I think there are only two big companies that, that I can think of off the top of my head that do really good customer service, even though they're huge. And the two are probably Amazon. Um, I mean, you can phone them and complain about anything and they, they'll phone you back in three seconds and they'll sort it out. They'll either refund you or do whatever. They've always been incredible. And then the other one is, is probably Sky. If you're a Sky customer and you need to phone Sky, they're, they're always lovely and, again, help. Um, it, it, but it's weird that you don't see so many big brands helping with or putting putting customer service first. It, it seems to be that when brands get very big, they they see it as a as a cost because um, I, I guess it's hard to measure happy customers um, and how much money they they give you. Um, so yes. it seems, seems to be well, something that always gets cut. I hadn't heard of that for Amazon. But Sky, and not to now turn this into, you know, a promoting yeah. <laughs> of a big business podcast, but last year during uh, when COVID started, Sky rushed to change all of their business functions and websites so that the customer could do everything that they needed to do to change their um, subscription online rather than trying to get into a call centre where all the staff were um, having to work from home. Um and I wrote all the copy for, for most of it. So that's why I know about it. So things like people lost their jobs. So immediately wanted to get rid of their subscription or yeah. lower it, uh, lower the cost of it or cancel the sports subscription because the games weren't playing. It was all made really easy for them to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas for example, British Airways yeah. made it so impossible for people to cancel their yeah. flights and get their money back. And just the difference was, um, screaming at me because well I'd booked flights for British Airways and yes, was having a yeah. nightmare with them but on the other side Sky were like yes of course put your subscription on hold we totally understand and so yeah. that was a great move by them yeah they, I, I totally agree you know, I think I've still got um, British Airways vouchers I don't know whether I'll ever be able to use again but um, anyway yeah. well look um, loads of love. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to, to chat to us and, and for all your help with the course as well. Like, so excited about it and hope anyone listening loves it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, you're, thank you for just being a wonderful person. Re- really appreciate it. Oh, Thanks. stop. No, right back at you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much, Vicky. Thanks, Chris. Wonderful stuff. Begin the wonderful copywriting game. Your writing style will never be the same. Learn copywriting from 42 courses today. Come inside and entertain your brain. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.